It's the Breaking Barriers Podcast, brought to you by Say Yes Buffalo, the Greater Buffalo Racial Equity Roundtable, and the Community Foundation for Greater Buffalo. Here's your host, Daniel Robertson. I know you're going to dig this. This is the Breaking Barriers Podcast. I'm your host, Dwayne Sawyer, filling in for Daniel today. And today we have a very special guest. We got Officer Mo Badger here, and we are excited to talk to him. So... What's going on with you, Mr. Mm-hmm. Mo Badger? How's it going? I'm doing awesome, man. Pleasure meeting you. Uh, yes. Sharp young man. Thank you. 16 Thank you. years old, doing great things. Um, you know, I got a call. I used to work for Say Yes, and um, I got a call that, you know, this was going on, and I, I, w- I, I was really elated and happy to be a part of it. So, you know, I'm looking forward to what you have to say to me. Yes. I'm actually a little scared. <laughs> <laughs> no need to be scared. No need. So uh, basically, I just want to touch upon your career as a police officer. Um, how's that been so far since you started, you know, law enforcement and everything? How's that going for you so far? Um, it's going well. Um, it's uh, three years I've been doing it now. Oh, wow. Congratulations. And thank you. Uh, but for me, it's really been um, just about um, trying to bridge some gaps between the community and policing. And um I worked in the community for years before I became a police officer. So a badge didn't change my demeanor. A badge didn't change my love for my community. So um, what I try to do is, you know, still, you know, show my love and appreciation for the people in my community, as well as, you know, you know, um, serve and protect. So we try to kind of put those all together. And we appreciate everything you and the other police officers on the force do for this community. It is a blessing. Thank you. Appreciate it. Of course. So let's get back on your background. So are you from Buffalo? Are you originally from here? Yeah, I was born in Buffalo. I moved to Charlotte at five years old. Um, right. I stayed there till 12. And then we came back and I've been in Buffalo besides going to, uh, I went back to Charlotte for college for a while. Okay. But besides okay. that, I'm, you know, Buffalo pretty much born in born and and raised ah buffalonian that's what's up that's what's up okay so what school did you attend while you was here before you left (laughs) (laughs) um well i started off at bennett all right all right and um i was just you know you know a little energetic i I would say you know make it sound good and i wind up getting kind of kicked out of bennett and i went for a half a year to uh it was called charles gratis and finney high school for like a half a year and then i finished my last two years at at uh riverside okay so i graduated from riverside so before you got into law enforcement i hear you was a musician correct uh, i'm still a musician oh you're still a musician yeah, i'm still a musician, still a musician. I, yeah I, I still travel uh, multiple weeks of the year and 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 sing and play or whatever I, I may be doing um but yeah i mean music is my heart you know that's right. my passion you know along with god you know so course um, i mean i'm never gonna stop doing that i i could be 80 years old i'm gonna be singing somewhere you know whether it's it might be in my in my own closet but i'll be singing i'll always be a musician all right what type of instruments do you play if it let the, the drums know. and the keyboard the drums and the keyboard yeah how you, what would you rate yourself one uh, through ten as a keyboard player Mm, probably a, like a four. Oh, come on. Yeah. You know you for order for you to be traveling, you gotta be good on those keyboards. Nah, you know, I mean be, you don't you don't have to be you, you just be have good. to be able you, to play for you. Like I play for myself. So right, right. you know, I, I'm able to make the song my own, you know. But like I know musicians that are like like 
travel with me that are like ridiculously crazy. So I mean, I, I, to for me to even give myself a five would be a lie. <laughs> <laughs> so why did you make the decision to become a law enforcement officer? I was working at Say Yes, and uh, dealing with a lot of the youth and seeing a lot of the tr the that they didn't trust police officers. And I knew I took, it was, it was funny, it was a funny story. I actually was kind of dared to take the police exam. Really? Yeah, it was like a friend of mine at my church was like, Mo, you should take the police exam. Like, <laughs> and I started laughing. I'm like <laughs> literally cracking up like me. Yeah, right. Like, so at first you was just blindsided like, oh, I'm just going to try it. Let me see. It's a challenge. I'm going to see. I ain't well, gonna yeah, get I mean, I, well, right. I did pretty well on the exam. And I, and like the, what you call it, it's called a deferment. Right. So, okay. you know, uh, I was, my name got called. I took the deferment like, ah, I like say yes. I'm really not. But I saw a lot of the, um, the unrest that was going around, not only in our city, but in communities, in the black communities all across the country. And, um, my, my thought process was what if I can affect change to make, you know, just a couple of young people respect or or trust um, a police officer. And I was like, you know what, maybe I'll try it. Mm -hmm. And and that's how it actually came about. And I was like, you know, if it doesn't work, you know, um, Dave Russ, he's a good friend of mine, he'll give me my job back. That's what I was hoping, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, as soon as I got into it, I, I literally fell in love with it. And I was like, you know what, this is the job right. that I think So God I'm guessing has. no regrets there. No, 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 no regrets, no regrets at all, I, I, I enjoy it. I love what I do, and I, and I I love making an impact on our community in a different way, in a different yes. capacity. So, some of the challenges you face while being a law enforcement officer, what would you say tops it all? Um, I mean, one challenge is you know really trying to balance being who I am, which is you know pretty much naturally a nice person, mm -hmm. and you know not taking disrespect which is not you know that hard for me because i have children and i love my children so i take i take the uh the mindset of as a father you know um my, my son may be acting up that doesn't mean i love him any met any less if i if i um put him on punishment right. or, or or give him some type of disciplinary action you know so that doesn't mean i love him any less and i, I take that same you know mindset to to police work you know i'd be like hey you know, I'm a nice guy, but please don't, you know, turn me into somebody you don't, you don't want to deal with, you know? So, I mean, and it works, you know, I show everybody respect and I treat, I don't care whether it's a crackhead or a heroin addict or it could be, it could be the a lawyer or the mayor, whoever it is. I treat everybody with respect. I think everybody deserves respect. And I think if, if as a, as a municipality and, and policing all across the country, I think if we took that aspect. You know, I think we'll go a lot farther. You know, don't look down on somebody because you don't know what their circumstances were to get them where they are. So um, right, right. I, I just show everybody respect, and it's, it, seem, it, seem, it seems to be working for me. You, you are doing an amazing job, and what I'm hearing, you're just outstanding officer, you're outstanding person. And it's really hard to find that in the communities within law enforcement. You know, nowadays, there is a lot of corruption, but you know, I see that you're on the outside of that and you're doing what you need to do, which all praise to you because I mean, it's hard to maintain a career and maintain your family at the same time. So you're doing an amazing job at that. Yeah, I mean, I have a wife that is like crazy, you know, talented and 
really looks out for me because I, I mean, like, like you said, like besides this police stuff, like when I'm off, a lot of times I'm out of town or I'm singing or I'm doing something or I'm at a conference. So, you know, she has a lot to hold down for me, but she does it and, you know, doesn't, doesn't complain about it. She just, you know, she just does it and, and trust me to hold it, hold my end of the bargain when I'm home. <laughs> so. I'm pretty sure every cop out there have they share of memories they had to deal with while being on the duty. When I say that, what would be some of your memories that you've had over the years? Um, well, the one that will forever be probably the most lasting memory in my mind is literally the first homicide um, where the person died on the scene was um, a, a, a kid that I mentored and wow. um, that I coached in basketball for three years and grew close to his family, knew his mom, knew mm -hmm. his dad, and he wind up being shot and I was the first on the scene. So literally, you know, when I pulled up, you know, his life was slipping away and, you know, it was like, you know, it, it was tough. You know, mm -hmm. it was a tough situation, but, you know, it was, it was a thing where, you know, I was blessed to have a, a talk with him before it happened. So I actually talked to him and um, I said, you know, I'm hearing things in the streets, blah, 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 what's going on with you? Mm -hmm. And he's like, no, nah, coach, you know, I, I ain't doing nothing. And I was like, well, listen, man, if you need me, you know, I'm here for you, but what I'm hearing ain't good. And, you know, I it, it gave me some, some peace of mind because, you know, I did my part to try to help him, regardless what happened. So, you know, I mm -hmm. mean, but... I mean, it's, it's been, you know, some scenarios like that. And that wasn't the only scenario where I actually knew the homicide victim or mm -hmm. the person that had passed away. So, I mean, mm -hmm. it, it's, it, it's, it's, it's a blessing and a curse knowing so many people in my city and, and doing of course, of course. so much work. Right. You know, you, when you see somebody that's doing the right thing, it's like, yeah, I was yeah. able to help them. <laughs> You're right, but, right. But when you pull up on a homicide and it's a kid that you, you know, literally felt like you tried to save his life and it didn't work. It's tough. It sounded like you played a positive role in his life while he was alive. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I tried, you know. I mean, literally, I pulled him over the week before, and mm -hmm. I didn't know it was him. And when I pulled him over, I, I had that talk with him. And I let him go go about his way. And I said, well, if you need me, call me. Right. You know, so and you, know, you, you all you can do is try, you know. Mm -hmm. So what do you have in mind or in store for the next few years? I mean, it's 2018, a lot of new opportunities is coming out. What do you feel like you will be doing by the end of the year that, you know, gets you excited or, you know, motivates you? Um, Work-wise, just, you know, keep keep striving to, you know, change the, the, uh, the outlook on police officers on my end. You know what I mean? Okay. Just the little bit that I can do. I'm not, I know I, I'm not a world changer mm -hmm. but you know i can you know do my part to touch you as a young man mm -hmm. and you say you know what mo was fair to me when he pulled me over or mo did, mo gave me tickets but he, he treated me like a man he he was honest with me he told me what was going on and he smiled and i didn't like that i got the tickets but i i don't hate him as a man because he gave me these tickets you know right um and and music wise i um actually am working on doing a, a new uh um, project and probably doing a live recording. Okay, so I'm, I'm working okay. with a few producers across the country. And you have some. to watch out for that. Yeah, yeah, it, sh that it should be pretty cool. I'm looking forward to it. And and actually, um, one of the radio stations um, locally here, um, they're going to be doing a, a a showcase on me pretty soon coming oh, up. So all right. yeah, it should be pretty cool. You know, we we're working. 
Okay. <laughs> that sounds cool. So would you say it's been difficult in a way to work as a cop? No, I, I wouldn't say it's difficult just for the simple fact that, you know, I, I'm going to be me, you know, mm -hmm. and it's kind of like, you know, take me as I am, you know, right. and um, I'm five foot four and a half, you know, short young man that that loves people and hopefully that doesn't inter interfere with my job and it, and it mm -hmm. hasn't it is really you know i and i've had situations where you know i've had to be a little stern or, or mm -hmm. had to you know i had a a, a call where a, a young man was running up on another cop with a knife and i had to you know pull out my gun and say stop you know before i shoot you know but at that time you know you know i was able to i call it pull out my daddy voice and say put down the knife and the person was able to you know cut through all the wild and madness and hear my voice to put down the knife before something bad happened so you know i mean it's it's there's challenges in every job but you know i i, I look forward and embrace the challenges for sure all right um what are the most what are some of the most pressing challenges for boys and young men of color in buffalo that you feel is a problem in our communities um definitely the violence um there's a lot of violence going on um a lot of lot of drug activity um de definitely um violence and and the lack of how i want to say this right the lack of pride in education a lot of times for our young men mm -hmm. you know that they don't see what this degree or this diploma can get them where it can take them so a lot of times that that that's that's sad a lot of times that you know, you see so many, you know, uh, one of my good friends who, who really, you know, speaks all literally across the world mm -hmm. to teachers and young people, Chris wow. Emden, you know, I, like I've known him for almost 20 years now. And like literally to, to see what he's doing and what education got him. Not, now he's a brilliant dude, like literally one of the smartest dudes I know. Mm -hmm. But to see, you know, the, the avenues and the venues that he's, been able to be exposed to because of him buckling down and like literally becoming a doctor when i was like what are you doing like why are you doing all this work? right right you know so um i, I don't think they appreciate that mm -hmm. um and it's a lot of times because our environment they don't see it sometimes sometimes mm -hmm. a lot of times in our environment we, we we see it and and we say it's not for us like i i had a a young man um tell me he uh he's a pretty good basketball player right now. All right. Um, and he's I think he's a senior. He's like, Yeah, you know, I'm a I'm gonna go to college and play. If I don't go to the NBA, I'm just gonna come back and sell dope. I'm like, Wow. So you're gonna you're saying you're gonna graduate and you don't even wanna use your education, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, cause like the It's just the, it's it's like the math, it doesn't right. really add up. You you could make say five five hundred thousand a year. Okay. But then you go to jail for six years, you make a 25 cent a day. It would have been easier just to make your 125, 150,000 being an engineer or whatever it may be, you graduating for college. Yeah, of course, of and, course. And, and go do the right thing, you know. What do you feel some of our challenges we need to overcome and how do you feel like we should do it? Like what, what do you feel like and how should we overcome these challenges going on? Um, I think what stuff like this, man. You know what you know what mr cruz you know enlighten you as a young man to 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 do to think bigger right you know this is not like this is this may be small 
mm -hmm. on the scale of the world, right? But this prepares you for, you know, when you become whatever, what do you want to be? See, currently I do want to study in communications. Okay. Um, so this is preparing, like you're getting a free I, trial on what you want to do in life. I, of course. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, this is just because a man took time out his busy and he's a busy dude like mm -hmm. we see each other all the time and he's always running I'm like where are you going now oh i gotta go here and i got here and i got so he's busy but he took time because he believes in you you know what i mean right. and until we do that as a community and as men especially mm -hmm. we're not gonna see much change but you know seeing seeing somebody like like mr cruz over there and seeing you know that i'm trying to do the same thing we know there are people out there trying to make a change and make an impact so it, it, it's gonna work out that's powerful that's powerful but i do want to tell you my story before um everything gets on with the subject um this all happened it was it was i was actually by myself um this happened last week yeah last week tuesday yeah, it was two weeks ago. It was two weeks ago, Tuesday. All right. So um, I'm outside waiting, waiting for the bus because, I mean, my mom couldn't pick me up. So um, I'm like, all right, I'll wait. And I wasn't going to call an Uber. I'm like, I ain't about to spend no money. Right. Right. So <laughs> I'm outside waiting. I got my earphones in. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm listening. I'm jamming to my music. I ain't worried about nothing. And this African-American officer pulls up to me. The first thing he asks, roll down his window. Do you have drugs on you? So, and you're just standing outside. I, I'm standing outside waiting for the bus. And he asks, "Did I have drugs on me?" So the first thing I said was, "No, like I don't have any drugs on me, officer." And it escalated after that. I mean, he got pissed off apparently, so he came back a second time. The second time, he was more like he was actually seemed like he was convinced that I had some type of drug on me so he did not get out of his car he didn't search me if he had I, I just was I felt like I was almost being targeted because the fact that he came back a second time after explaining to him that I didn't have anything and if he wanted to check me he could I mean I'm not going to resist mm -hmm. and he didn't do that so the second time when he came around and asked me did I have drugs on me again just tell me he was getting aggressive hey just tell me like you I know you got him where where is it I'm like you know I didn't expect that what did you have on uh probably what I'll wear just regular jeans uh black hoodie no I didn't no? have a hoodie on I okay had my, I had just had a coat on okay it was a black coat I mean black I, didn't, coat? I didn't have my hoodie on I had my I had it down and um, I'm not saying that to say what you're right, what you're wearing, but I, I'm just saying like you know we get calls and it will say um, black male wearing black hoodie, black jeans, black shoes, standing on corners selling drugs. That guy might be gone, and then they pull up and you're there and you got a black jacket on, which still don't make it okay, but you handled it the right way. Of course, but, you know even me as like the most peaceful dude in the world, I probably won't say it like that, but I'm gonna come up to you and talk to you because that was what I was looking for at that time. But you know what I mean? But continue the story. I'm sorry. Oh, I totally understand that. Um, it's just the fact that when I asked him, did he want to search me or mm -hmm. did he like, was the like a call made? 
Right. He said nothing. So I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm I'm getting suspicious now. Like, is he just doing it just to bother me? Is he pissed off? I didn't want to go on. I, I was pissed off. I was hurt, to be honest. I was hurt at the simple fact that you don't know me from a can of paint, and mm-hmm. you here you go judging me. Maybe it's because what I'm wearing. I don't know. Or is it because I'm African-American? You're African-American yourself. So I don't see how that could be the problem or the issue. So it just it, it escalated more with him. It's just the simple fact that I felt like I was being racially profiled. Mm-hmm. I never witnessed discrimination mm-hmm. or, you know, racism or, you know, stuff in that category. So that was the first time for me. And I didn't know how to react. So the first thing I did was call my mom. You know, your mom going to be there for mm-hmm. you 24-7. You know how moms is. You know how moms is. They, they, yo. No, number one fan. So I called her and she basically was like just trying to keep me calm. I mean, right. I was I was pissed off. I but it. I mean, I know not to, you know, go s- start talking smack because it could lead to something totally different. And I've seen too many movies where that did happen. People go talking smack and they arrest them saying they said this or saying that threatened them, you know stuff like that so i mean what would you say like i know you spoke upon it just a little bit like but how did you feel after hearing that story um i've been there you know oh really yeah i remember i uh i was pulled over and i i was where was i i might have been working at say yes at the time yeah i think i was i was working at say yes um and i've always had you know like side jobs and stuff so mm-hmm. i mean i've been making decent money for a while and I had a Cadillac truck and it was newer and I'm driving down one of these streets right over here in North Buffalo, Hurdle. And uh, they pulled me over mm-hmm. for talking on my phone, which I was wrong for talking on my phone. Right. So I'm like, yeah, you got me. All right, so <laughs> all of a sudden, he's like, can you get out the car? You got any guns? You got any drugs? Same thing. Same. No, I don't have any of that. You know, um, I'm a minister at my church, work in the community totally against violence mm-hmm. i love everybody you know <laughs> matata. and um basically at that time uh, a police officer he called i guess they called backup backup came and one of the officers came up to me he said yeah i know him mm-hmm, i know him i said oh good somebody you knows know, me for the stuff right. i do good right. i'm old badger you know i i work in a community almost every day this is what's up you know and I, he meant that he knew me as a drug dealer. So wow. they went on to kind of like demolish my car, put a dog in my car. The dog rampages, scratches up my leather, just crazy. Um, uh, the dog sniffed me, bit at me, looking for drugs. Wow. And then not only that, it went on to, they actually strip searched me like down to no clothes in a public bathroom. Wow. So, um, I know what it is to be profiled and 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 I, that was enough. Actually, I'd already took, I remember I was saying, I got I got a good grade on exam. I'm probably gonna become a police officer. And they started laughing at me. Like, yeah, wow. you're gonna be a police officer. You know, so that was one of, another motivating factor that made me go through with the exam go through with you know becoming an officer some people might say after having an experience like that that they would not want to have anything to do with law enforcement mm-hmm. but you chose a 
whole different route. Why not affect change? How are we going to get change if we don't have nobody we trust to do it? You know? Of course. Of course. And I see that you took that to heart when that happened. And that motivated you even more than you already had. Mm -hmm. And you and like I said, I wasn't very motivated to do it at the time. Right. But, but you know, that, that, that definitely became a motivating factor. Like, listen, I'm going to be somebody that when I pull over a young black man, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. before i um charge him before he's convicted <laughs> <laughs> wow so i see a lot of change has come with you personally mm -hmm. um like you said everybody have that rush that rough patch in their lives to where they need that life-changing experience to give them that kickstart into their future and possibly mold them as a person so they could be something and I see that happen to you and you're doing an amazing job in the community. You're doing an awesome job just in general as an officer, as a person. And it's really turned out to be awesome with you. I mean, everything, <laughs> that's 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 great, bro. That's that's amazing. Hey, man, it's a pleasure meeting you, it man. It is a pleasure. You know, uh, you keep up the good work. Thank um, you so much. I see much. a lot of great things coming to you for a young man that's 16 years old to be able to, you know, really control the mic and, and uh and handle yourself the way you have. I mean, it's kudos to you, man. I know you're going to do some great things. Don't forget about this little people when you get big. All right? <laughs> oh, thank you so much. And I really appreciate that. Okay, everybody, it's time, almost time to wrap it up. Um, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Google Play and Apple Podcasts, Ditcher, <laughs> and SoundCloud. Okay, let's thank you mo badger for coming on the podcast and you know telling us your story and helping us out so we can get on the right track with our community and just make everything great again i mean we yeah. gotta we gotta get there and it's time for us to make a change it starts with you it starts with all of us that's right so yes this has been the breaking barriers podcast and i will definitely see you all later thank you for joining and thank you for listening goodbye everybody goodbye <laughs>